This is the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Find us over at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. I'm a country boy with the soft side. My heart wanders up north to the hillside. Now I've never made anyone quite as beautiful as you. I'm your host, Rudy Gets It. I'm here to inspire you to get out on the trail. You putting in two-mile hikes, five-mile hikes? Are you still on the couch? Come on, let's go on a backpacking trip. I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more. All right, next on the Cascade Hiker Podcast, what's your name and where are you from? Justin Knowles from Hillsborough, California in the Bay Area. All right, man. Well, hey, um, <clears throat> Justin Quality Knowles, is that correct? Indeed. That was my Appalachian Trail trail name. Oh, okay. Well, right on. Um, I feel like I've heard your name before. Um, maybe some listeners have as well. Are you mentioned on any other podcasts ever? Um, I, I'm also, uh, I love listening to your podcast a lot. I also like listening to the trail show and I think I've been a supporter for the trail show for a while. And, uh, I think disco and POD and the rest of the gang certainly enjoy uh, calling out their donors each time. So, um, yeah, so a big fan of yours and a big fan of, of the trail show as well. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, uh, donating to my show also. Um, Hey, I uh, reached out to the trail show, and uh, Disco got back to me, and uh, he wanted to know, who is your favorite host of the trail show? Wow. That's like selecting like, you know, who your favorite baby is. Uh, I, I have two sons. Um, I love them. I love them equally. Um, I have to say, probably the, uh, the trail show host that I have the most contact with is, uh, is P-Max. So I know he's no longer with us, although he has been... Uh, out and about, so I enjoy P Max. Uh, enjoy how Disco pulls everything together. POD <laughs> keeps the show running on time, and uh, um, Special uh, brings a good leave no trace. And of course, you can't forget D'Lo. So, uh, like your own kids or, or your own friends, they're uh, they're all uh, unique and special in their own way. Right on. Well, that was a little uh, icebreaker for you there. Uh, throw it, throw you under the table right off the bat here, um, but. Uh, to kind of get into some stuff, I know that uh, you sent me a, a link to your website, the technologyhiker.com. Can you explain that? Uh, what, what is the name? If your trail name's Quality, Justin Quality Knowles, then what is the Technology Hiker? Sure. It's kind of an evolution. So so Quality was definitely a, what uh, I repeat words a lot. So when I was on the Appalachian Trail, I used the word Quality a lot, so that became my trail name. <laughs> uh, but now now I'm uh, I work at Technology for Work. And I love to hike for play. So I combine the two into Technology Hiker, which you can find on the website as well as Instagram. Like also, uh, amazingly enough, all those were available as well. So the combination of something that describes what I do for work and play plus being available um, works for, uh, for Technology Hiker. Oh, that's good. Well, one of the things that we kind of brought up, too, um, in preparation for the, the podcast, actually, Disco had a, a question along the same line. So let me just kind of read his question here. Um, it looks like Justin Knowles travels a lot and always seems to find a way to get in a hike while he's traveling. Uh, can you ask him uh, how he makes time to hike, trail run when he's traveling, and how does he stay motivated to get outdoors even when he's jet-lagged and tired from traveling? Perfect. Now, th- th- that's – yeah. And that really kind of fits my whole kind of outdoor ethos is to be able to get outside as, as much as possible. So, you know, I travel for work um, you know, internationally and domestically – as well as just just have uh, you know family responsibilities like everyone work responsibilities. So, so the question is how do I get outside or how do you get outside as much as possible? Um, so for the the work piece, it's a lot of red eyes, a lot of leaving a little bit early, 
and then being able to carve out a day to, to do something. So I, I think that the biggest thing in all this is being able to schedule things. So uh, schedule right expectations with uh, your friends from work, with your family at home. You put it on that Google Calendar. Um, that's the, the best way to make sure you're able to uh, to get out and about is to schedule schedule that. I think Google Calendar, lots of people have their favorite hiking gear. I think Google Calendar is my favorite hiking gear because it allows me to help carve out time um, whether um, you know, whether I'm at home or, or abroad going forward. And then the, the second thing is to um, really t- find a place. Um, so you leave, schedule it. You either leave early or leave really late. So uh, a lot of you know late nights or early mornings, um, get there, uh, go for you know something that, that's pretty achievable and manageable. Um, and then also be flexible. Um, so like if I'm, for instance, I was going to a, to, to Mexico recently for work. And they have some 17,000, 18,000 mountains, foot mountains, uh, right within 50 or 60 miles of, um, of Mexico City. So I was able to acclimatize a little bit, spend the right time, um, take a day off, and then uh, you know work with, in that case, a local guide to be able to, to get up and out and go hiking and trekking and climbing as well. So um, scheduling it. Um, Getting up early, setting up late, setting an achievable goal, and then also if the weather's not good too, to be <laughs> flexible and change it. So I uh, was in, in uh, Japan recently, and they had the, the largest snow in 10 years, which was basically shut down the entire city. So I had some plans. So you just, well, plan A didn't work, so you use a plan B in order to uh, go for a run or a hike and enjoy what's what's out there. Oh, that's good. And I really like those two examples. Um, can you give us a couple other examples of some areas that you've traveled to and, and been adventured as well? One place that that's really a lot of fun is uh, is England. Um, they have great public transportation. You know, there are a lot of a lot of different business within London, and it's very easy to to get out and about uh, with the trains. So, um, the Lake District is uh, is a wonderful place. It's uh, where where Wordsworth went. It's where uh, Peter Rabbit was written. It's kind of the classic um, uh, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight from from King Arthur took place there. But you can take a, kind of a very easy train. From uh, from London Express train, uh, and then take a smaller train, and then you're at one of the premier kind of hiking destinations in in the UK and Europe. Um, one place that I was able to go was Scoffell Pike, which uh, is the highest peak within um, within the UK. It's uh, you know a whopping 3,000 feet, but uh, but it start from uh, from close to uh, to sea level. But by just being able to, to plan ahead, uh, take those trains, uh, be able to get very close to the trailhead. Um, able to climb um, and hike, get up and get down. And the beauty of that is that they had a pub right at the bottom of the trailhead as well, which was which was very yeah, nice. Nice. So a, a little bit of uh, you know trails and uh, trails and beer and good times at the same time. So um, that's that's a great example of, of something I did recently as well, being able to carve out that that extra time. Yeah, that's good. And uh, question for you: So when you're doing these trips, are are these like uh, obviously it's not like a one day work trip, right? So when you're flying into say England or uh, you know Mexico City, like you said, uh, Japan, how how long of a stay are you doing while you're able to take these side trips? Normally about uh, you know three or four days um, is the actual work time, and then I'm able to tack on a day or two elsewhere. Um, so I think the biggest negotiation happens with my my wife and my kids uh, <laughs> to be able to say uh, you know I'll be able to you know cut out a little bit early or cut out a little bit late in order to um, um, yeah it, it take advantage of being in these different locations. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So when uh, when Disco asked that question, that's a good question because the, what about the whole jet lag part of it? Because, I mean, man, obviously you're having to work too. So, I mean, if you're going all the way to Japan, I mean, that's a – you know, that, that, that could be, uh, you know, pretty tired. So do you typically sleep on these flights then? I, I do, and it's definitely a high-class problem to be a little bit jet-lagged. Um, I, I'm able to sleep on, on the flights, uh, a little bit of coffee, and uh, hopefully a, a little bit of sleep um, foregone is, is definitely worth getting outside and, and exploring these different outstanding places. Right on. Well, um, what are some of the uh, – based on these uh, art of the 24-hour trip, and that's a, that's a great uh, blog post too on your website uh, on technologyhiker.com. The art of the twenty-four hour trip. So, based on that, um, do you have some of these like ahead of time? How how much time do you have to to plan that, and where are you going to be in the future if you know of any? Yeah. So that's yeah. Th- thanks for bringing that up. And it's uh you know kind of the notion has been been kind of shared by other folks as well. I mean, uh, Andrew Skirka, who probably many of folks uh, on this um, podcast are familiar with. A couple of years ago, he came up with the notion of short as the new long. Um, there's a, a gentleman uh, from the UK driving a thing called uh, Micro Adventures. I think Delos even talked about this on, on on the trail show. But the notion of being able to, with a family, with a busy job, how do you pack these things in? Um, and uh, yes, so it goes back to scheduling. It goes back into uh, to planning ahead. I, I think, especially you know, I live in California. California is heavily regulated when it comes to the backcountry uh, because there are too many people who love it to death. Um, so uh, part of it is being able to make probably about twice as many plans than you actually use. So um, right now it's it's planning season for California for different uh, backcountry quotas and lotteries. And so I end up planning on, on about double of or making double the reservations that I actually use in order to uh, to get out and about. Nice. Well, let's kind of move on from that. I mean, I love that topic. I, I think it's great. And I've been. I guess, I guess silently, uh, without really even knowing it myself, I've been kind of applying some of this, even in some of the shorter trips that we do as a family, uh, locally even, just, hey, let's go over to um, you know the west side of our state, over to the coast, and I always try to squeeze a little hike in, you know, I mean, wh- why not? And, and these tips that you give on, on that blog post, uh, and like you just mentioned now, are just perfect for that. So... Um, what I really wanted to dive into as well is, uh, you know, you mentioned your boys and how old are they and, and how has it been, uh, getting them outdoors? Uh, it, it's, it's been excellent. So they're, I think they're still an age to, to your kids. They're two boys, seven and four. Um, and, uh, each year we, like last year, I think we got out about 10 or 12 times, um, either camping or, or backpacking. And, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a great adventure. Um, and it's it's you get a new appreciation for uh, for the simple pleasures of backpacking when you share it with uh, with ones that uh, you know that are pretty tiny. And how do you pick your trips for that? Because uh, planning a, a trip with kids is a lot different than planning you know a twenty four hour adventure. Oh, indeed, a lot of it's about changing your expectations. So so I think I think the first thing for that is uh, we love the power of positive peer pressure. So whenever I plan a, an overnight trip uh, with the boys always make sure there's another family with us um, because it's a, it's a lot easier to motivate. Um, hey, we're going to go for the extra mile, that extra hike um, with um, it's not just dad asking to go a little bit further, but it's uh, their buddy that's going <laughs> forward and it creates a little bit of a competition. So, so one is to go with other families. That's really key. 
Um, second, kind of going a reasonable distance. You know, we don't go huge amounts. So we started first with car camping. Uh, last year, uh, we went uh, backpacking for the first time with my, uh, my then three-year-old. Uh, we went about, you know, four, four and a half miles, kind of round trip, uh, two miles in, two miles out uh, in the local Santa Cruz Mountains. Um, so distance. Another thing that's really key for, for us, uh, positive peer pressure, the right distance, not having them carry too much weight because, um, you know, they can't carry that much to begin with. You want them to enjoy the next trip. So, uh, so I end up, um, you know, carrying most of the gear. It also <laughs> makes me appreciate extra light gear as well, or ultra light gear, because when you're carrying, uh, you know, two or three acts, um, you, you definitely count those extra pounds. Um, one, one thing that's really fun too, is to, to extra treats. So we usually make brownies or, uh, we love gummy bears. Gummy bears are, they're inexpensive, they're tasty, uh, they don't melt. And, uh, so we always use those at, uh, kind of strategic times when, when energy's um, going low as well. We try to find also places to go that are, uh, th that have other kind of destinations. So a place to climb, a place to go swimming, a place to go in the sand. So, so for instance, we were in uh, Angel Island, which is, uh, you know, a great location for, for anyone interested in, in hiking. I think at least the, the best hiking spot within the Bay area, it's an Island in the middle of, uh, San Francisco Bay. It overlooks San Francisco. It overlooks Alcatraz. You get there by a ferry, um, and then it's about a two-mile walk to camp. So it, it's a giant adventure. We drive to the, the parking lot. We walk to the ferry. We take the ferry across. You know, We saw dolphins and seals swimming in the, um, the San Francisco Bay on, on our ferry ride over. And then we, we hike up. Um, we kind of break that. We broke that hike into different segments. So, okay, let's get to the top of this hill. Let's get to that tree. Um, so it, it makes it a little bit more, um, a little more achievable and they can, you know, get that sense of accomplishment going forward and then not, not to be afraid to take breaks. So, um, the, uh, that, that's important to, to make sure everyone's still having fun. And then the location that we had, we were, uh, there are a lot of trees to climb. There's a beach that we could play on. Uh, their buddies were there. So it, it, it helped everyone. Uh, you also learn from your mistakes. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was up, um, with my oldest, who was then four, uh, we were hiking in uh, the Desolation Wilderness, which is um, the PCT and the Tahoe Rim Trail go right through that, right around Lake Tahoe. And uh, there's a ferry ride you take um, to get to the trailhead. Well, this day was windy, so what was going to be a uh, um, you know four mile round trip uh, turned into a you know 10 plus mile round trip because uh, we had to walk back and forth on the ferry. And, uh, when my son lay down in the middle of the trail and said, I just want to take a quick break <laughs> and, uh, and snooze with all the granite around him with people stepping over him. I thought, Hey, wait, wait a second. I, we need to find a slightly different way. That's a little more, uh, a little more, uh, kind of, uh, kid friendly. So the shorter distances are, are really key as well. All right. A quick break here to spotlight, uh, Lux tents. That's a uh, luxhikinggear.com. L U X E dash hiking dash gear.com. Uh, we're going to talk about the the uh, cheapest tent that you can pick up. I mean, in price, not quality, of course. Um, that's the Mini Peak Pyramid two person backpacking tent, and uh, this is one hundred and fifteen dollars. Go to their site and check it out. Uh, like you say, luxe hiking gear dot com. There's a link in the show notes, of course. Um, you know, right now I'm on the website, kind of checking it out, and uh, this is a three season. Uh, you know, 2.2 pound, two person tent, you know, there's no floor. 
It's the uh, um, pyramid style that Lux Hiking Gear does. And anyway, you know, if you really want to go cheap, cheap and lightweight, you know, check this out. I mean, this is kind of like I've been saying, uh, just the better way to go because it's a more personal relationship with the brand, um, to local, to me, company, uh, cottage company here, and Jake's a friend of mine, and he's sponsoring the show. So I want you guys to at least go check it out, luxe-hiking-gear.com. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of the show. And those are all such good points, man. I, You know, I've been learning all this kind of as, as we go, and, and I wish I would have had a podcast um, one of my earlier podcasts, I think in the forties episodes, forties or something, uh, was my buddy, Nick Lynn. And, and he had a lot of good points too on, uh, motivating kids without pressuring them or whatever. And, um, man, these are good tips. Um, I want to, I want to give a shout out. I don't think I've ever actually mentioned this before, but, um, we found actually online, uh, one of our favorite families to hike with. My wife doesn't hike, and I. So we we ended up meeting uh, uh, a family where her husband doesn't hike, and so it's perfect. Their kids are exactly the same age as our kids, and it's just like, and they even have an older uh, brother too that's uh, in high school, so he can help out with some weight and stuff. And man, uh, that's the Adkerson family up here, and it's just when you can find that perfect match to, like you said, that po- what would you say, positive motivation. Exactly. Positive peer pressure. Peer pressure. I like that, man. That that term is really good. Positive peer pressure. That's so good. Oh, man. So now you also uh, mentioned that uh, you, you guys are in Cub Scouts as well? Uh, we are. We are. So I, I was in uh, Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts uh, you know, many years ago with Eagle Scout. That's how I actually learned how, you know, my love of the outdoors and now starting to, to do that again. So not only doing this for, um, you know, organizing trips for, uh, my own boys and our friends, but organizing it for you know our, our pack, which is which is outstanding. Ah, the pack, and uh, are they in the same pack then, or because they're such different ages, right? Uh, they th- so one of the nice things about the Cub Scouts now um, is that they're at least different from when I was in the Cub Scouts. They're much more friendly and open to siblings. So my my oldest, um, who's in first grade, who's seven, uh, and all of his buddies are are there. Um, there's kids from first grade to fifth grade. Um, and then, you know, all the brothers and sisters are, are welcome to come along. So organize the, um, you know, we organize, for instance, we had a, a beach camping trip, which was the first backcountry trip for, um, for a number of families. We had 20 families go uh, right in December, um, right around the Half Moon Bay area in, in San Francisco. And there were, you know, about, uh, you know, 20 scouts and about, uh, you know, 10, 15 siblings, which just made for, uh, for a rocket's uh-huh. good time. Yeah, that's a pack. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so talk a little bit about your spouse and, um, you know, does she like to get out and do any of these hikes with you? Uh, she does. Uh, she does. Um, she enjoys, I think more car camping than, uh, than longer backpacking. Um, and I think a, a lot of, like a lot of people, um, our kind of outdoor appreciation has, has changed and evolved. I, I met her at business school. We went on trips together to Alaska and the Inca trail and, and hiking on, um, the Milford Trek in, in New Zealand, among other places. Um, so that was just the two of us, which was, which was perfect. Now with, um, you know, two boys, uh, we go on the car camping trips together, which is perfect. We get a bunch of families. It's very communal. 
Um, and uh, you get outside without screen time, which is especially in these days and ages really critical. But uh, but the more backpacking trips now with the kids, I think she takes it as a break to to you know catch up and enjoy, and uh, my boys and I and our our friends uh, enjoy it as well. So it's a it's a nice mix. Nice, yeah, that's good. I, I, yeah, I mean, you know, my wife every once in a while she'll be like, like actually just just this last Sunday she's like, hey, let's let's go for a hike, and you know, usually when she goes they're gonna be a lot flatter and and whatever. But man, I love it when she does that and. Uh, it's it's good to hear that uh, <laughs> that you have a spouse that just goes a little bit extra. So that's awesome. Oh, it just makes so much it makes things so much easier that that you you can plan things together. Someone supportive of of going outside in the woods, especially too with with kids being so overscheduled, and again with so many kind of electronic, whether it's YouTube or or the iPhone. Um, it's uh, it's just good to get them outside where they you know instead of playing with. Uh, electronics or playing with a rock or sand or, or a tree. Ah, that's great. Yeah. I love that. Um, so you talked a little bit about growing up. So you're, you know, you, you were in the scouts growing up and stuff. Did, did your parents hike too, or they did. My, my, my dad was, was more of a fisherman. Um, I think we, we rediscovered, um, backpacking together. Remember my first camping trip was in, um, in first grade, um, using a rowboat to some uh, little island in the middle of a lake in, in Illinois, um, and we used a, an RV surplus tent and a, uh, <laughs> a Bunsen burner to to, uh, to cook uh, some baked beans. We, we, def, definitely not lightweight, lightweight, um, lightweight pack backpacking, but uh, but it really kind of came into my own in um, in the in the Boy Scouts. So grew up in the Midwest, uh, to places like uh, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. And, uh, and then just, you know, working through the Boy Scouts kind of evolved first went on the group trips and then, uh, Pittsburgh, we would go to the Laurel Highlands, Laurel Highlands trail, and then move to Cincinnati and we'd go down to Kentucky and I would do more kind of solo trips as well. Um, but I think growing up in the Midwest, um, has given me my, my permanent level of excitement and stoke uh, when it comes to the, the ocean, the mountains, because I remember looking at pictures or, uh, or books and kind of daydreaming what it would be like to, to live near the mountains or bigger mountains than, uh, than what you find in Cincinnati um, and bigger, uh, bigger items um, than the Ohio River, bigger bodies of water. So it's, uh, I think that growing up in the Midwest really kind of feeds into my, my love of the outdoors and California and, and Colorado and, and, uh, and all the rest. Um, I, I think another group that, that really helped introduce me to, uh, to, um, outdoor and outdoor service was the Student Conservation Association. Um, so one summer in high school, I joined one of the work crews and we were helped building a section of the Washtenaw Trail um, in, um, in Arkansas in the Washtenaw State Forest. So the combination of the Boy Scouts plus the Student Conservation Association where you spend, you know, um, you know, the greater part of the summer build, marking and building hiking trails uh, was a great introduction to um, to the outdoors that hopefully I can help, uh, you know, give to my kids and, uh, you know, our friends and kids in our pack as well. Yeah, that's huge, man. I mean, uh, to, at such a young age, I mean, you're saying like high school age, is that right? Exactly. Yep. Yep. So yeah. they have high school work crews. They also have college work crews. Um, yeah, but high school, yeah, spent the better part of the summer, uh, avoiding uh, poison ivy, avoiding the rattlesnakes and, and building hiking trails. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's good. Well, you know, to be, to to do that in high school or college or whatever, I mean, because I go out a lot and I'm very passionate about that. And 
I don't see that that age group out there as much. No, that's a good point. I mean, I, I think it's uh, you really again it goes back to you know what are the other distractions? Are people playing video games? Are they scheduled with you know baseball that goes on so many times a week or soccer so many times a week? It's it's really uh, you know a little bit of a truism, but in order to help protect our national lands, you, people need to get out there in the first place. Um, so we need to make sure that we help encourage our kids and give them the right skills and the comfort level uh, to get outside so we get more younger kids, more high school kids, um, and then more adults being able to, to appreciate, enjoy, and want to protect the outdoors. Yeah, I love that, man. So uh, are you able – have you plugged yourself into that then in like the California uh, area? I have. I have. There's um, yeah. There's a number of kind of – you know, different groups that folks can volunteer with. So after, uh, after college, when I moved out to California, joined a group called the Trail Center, uh, which helps build and maintains trails here in the Bay Area. Then also once a year goes up and helps build a segment or maintains a segment rather of the Pacific Crest Trail. So kind of very involved with them. First as a volunteer, then as a crew leader, and now more kind of back office stuff, helping with social media or some of the board stuff or some of the planning. Um, and also doing the same thing with... Um, with some park foundations. So um, the San Mateo County Park Foundation, they protect um, about 20 plus parks uh, in San Mateo County, which is which is where I live, right around the San Francisco kind of airport area, but it protects Redwood Parks, it protects tide pools, it protects uh, parks in the Santa Cruz Mountains, as well as along the Bay. Um, and a great way to get involved is to you know support a foundation. So everyone has a local trail building group, or most most areas do. Um, I know growing up in, in Ohio, they had the, um, you know, the Buckeye Trail Council um, at Washington, you know, Washington Trails Association that you, you've talked a lot about, in addition to some of the larger ones. That's a great way to get involved. Another great way to get involved is uh, through some of these local park foundations. So, uh, again, I, I feel really fortunate to be able to help combine the two. Uh, love of trails, helping build those trails, helping drive programs um, for my local park foundation as well is a great way to help um, help give back, at least locally, to, to something I love so much. All right, a quick little break here to uh, show some support with these sponsors. This is Waymark Gear Co., Waymark Gear Company, waymarkgearco.com. I want you to go over there and check out all the little ways that you can edit your pack, you know, basically um, you spark it with some colors here and there, and I'm telling you, I don't know the exact number, but there's got to be at least 20 or, or more ways that you can change a color on this pack. It's so cool. And, and you can also change the, the uh, pockets around. You can make one long pocket on the side for, like, your longer items. Uh, you could add straps if you wanted to, uh, though, of course, that adds weight or whatever. Uh, it really, you can just build your own pack based on these um, on, on what he's got set up. Earlier. That's Mark Benson over there at Waymark Gear Company. And... Uh, I'm on the website right now just kind of messing around. I think you guys should go check that out. I wanted to kind of throw out some some of the prices. I mean, he's got 38 to 40 liter, 42 liter packs on there for 195 is where they start. And uh, you know, 50 liter pack starts at 225. Please go over there and at least just check it out. And uh, hey, tell them the Cascade Hiker Podcast sent you. Thanks. Yeah, those uh, those smaller ones you're talking about, um, which don't seem small to you because that's your area. But like you said, for for us, kind of whoever is listening to this, wherever they're at, um, those uh, trails foundations you're talking about, like in the Bay Area, 
those are so huge because so many people use those trails and they don't even think about the trails. I'm not even talking about hiking trails and the mountains and stuff. You're talking about just tide pools and all kinds of stuff, and um, it's not even the trail. Um, th- that, that's so cool, man, to be involved with that. Oh, it's fun. It also gives you a new appreciation, too. I kind of liken it to if uh, if you're a baseball writer, you watch baseball games probably in a different way. Um, after folks have done a little bit of trail work, you appreciate the trails, the trails in a different way. Oh, that's really good. They could have done, you know, added a water bar here. They could have done that. And it just, you know, deepens your appreciate, appreciation for uh, for the outdoors and, and it helps encourage folks to get outside because that's as you start off every podcast. Right. That's that's a lot of the real objective is to get people to uh, whether it's that, that one mile hike, that five mile hike, something bigger uh, to encourage them to, to get outside and do that. Yeah. Well, I only say that because I'm trying to encourage myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but whatever works I, yeah. I, I repeat a lot of things myself yeah um so uh talking about the the area that you're in now based on where you were uh you had mentioned that you hiked i believe you said about half of the at is that correct yeah that, that's correct so after um after uh moved to the bay area was consultant for a couple of years did a lot of kind of uh local sierra trips um and started to do some cascade trips um, but went back to business school. But before business school, um, had a chunk of about uh, you know three and a half months between when I quit my job and when I had to go um, go report for duty, uh, so to speak, and uh, was able to hike the southern half of the Appalachian Trail. So went up um, to Harper's Ferry, about a thousand miles. I think that was that was actually the same year that um, that POD from the Trail Show uh, kind of hiked as well. So it's really had some mutual friends uh, through that. But th- that was one of the my life changing kind of events because. You know, how often do people um, take a big chunk of time off to do something, you know, just for yourself to drive that personal growth? Um, and that's really impacted my life in so many positive ways uh, since that, uh, not least of which uh, people call me quality at times. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, actually, it was funny because uh, I, when, when I first saw you on, I believe it was Instagram, and I was like, wait. Uh, Justin Knowles. Wait a minute. Um, quality. <laughs> I was like, quality. Yeah, right on. Uh, I I got it right away. It's funny. Um, I've been called much worse many many times. So I'll, I'll take technology hiker. I'll take quality. I'll take take all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So uh, have have has your seven year old uh, grasped the idea of uh, hiking half of the AT? Does he understand what that is? I'm sure you've talked to him about that. Uh, we have, um, I think, the uh, kind of the two experiences of, of actually hiking on the PCT. That's one beauty of living in, in a place like California or or the Pacific Northwest. So you can actually take trips on uh, on the Pacific Trust Trail, and we've run into trail hikers uh, or uh, through hikers, um, and you know, on the trail as well as in places like um, South Lake Tahoe. So um, you know, what's when you're on the trail, you certainly appreciate any sort of kindness, especially food. So. Um, one time we were, uh, uh camping, uh, another spot in the desolation wilderness. We invited, um, and we, since we were just out for a day or two, we had so much extra food. We invited some of the, um, the through hikers that were passing through over to help eat our extra mac and cheese and, and other, yeah. other delights. And, uh, you, just watching the kids kind of grasp, you know, it's, it's one thing when dad says, oh, Hey, I, you know, I hiked a bunch of miles I'm like, oh, you know, whatever dad. But when you, uh, you see someone with that, that, that hiker look. Um, and, uh, and then they really appreciate, wait a second, we're carrying this amount for, for three people. They're carrying that amount. 
a much longer distance uh, really, really rings true. And, and also, uh, I think they appreciate the ability to eat large quantities of food as well. <laughs> well, yeah, that's all part of it, right? Uh, indeed, part of the enjoyment. Yeah, no kidding. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate you coming on. I feel like uh, feel like this is a fun uh, discussion. I, I think a lot of people are going to relate to to some of the stuff you talked about for sure. The the twenty four hour trip, man, that just really intrigues me. I think I think a lot of people can can use your tips that you gave um, to to better their enjoyment on uh, either work trips or small vacations, even right. Oh, indeed, and it's again the biggest thing for me is just being able to schedule. Make it a part of your, make it part of the expectation. Set it with your friends. Set it with your family. Set it with your your friends or people at work, so you can just get out and enjoy that. Hopefully, twenty four hour trip or maybe something a little bit longer too. Right on, man. Well, thanks for coming on the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, that's the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to join the Patreon page. Find me at Patreon.com/slash Cascade Hiker Podcast. Also, hit me up uh, with an email, Rudy. CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is Cascade Hiker Podcast. Twitter, find me at in underscore Cascade Hiking. And I'm Cascade Hiker Podcast on Instagram. Thanks, Whiskey Fever, for letting me use this track here, Tall Grass, off their album, Gonna Wake Up This Whole Town. Go find them at ReverbNation.com slash Whiskey Fever. Hey, see you next week. You were sweet like honey on a heartbeat. You were fine like wine and sunshine. I could feel you coming on strong. Could never be wrong. Could never be wrong. See her laying down in the tall grass, playing mandolin in a white dress. So come running when I hear that song. It could never be wrong. It could never be wrong. Where you wanna run, baby, I'll run too. I would leave this world for a beautiful girl if I could.